Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we are going to talk about some liquidators who are pursuing some debts on behalf of the company they are liquidating. Now, what they say happened is that the directors of this company caused the company to trade while it was insolvent. What's going on? So we've got these plaintiffs, right? They're liquidators. They are appointed to wind up a company in about October 2019. So when they come, they start figuring out what's going on with the company, figuring out what the debts are, and figuring out what they're going to do as part of the liquidation process. One of the things they do after going through that process is decide to sue the company's three directors. Now they commence the legal proceedings by lodging an originating process, which is the piece of paper you come bring into the court, you lodge it with the court, and that kicks off your bit of litigation. So you then get the court stamp on that and you serve it, which means you very formally give to the relevant defendants this document. So they serve the document on defendant one, one director, defendant two, and defendant three. Defendant one and two, they settle the proceedings with, they reach a deal, they don't pursue those two directors. Defendant three is in New Zealand, and defendant three is formally and properly served with these documents, so they're given to that director in the former and appropriate, formal and appropriate way, but that director elects not to respond to the litigation, right? So the defendant gets that document and goes, ah, I'm not doing anything about it. They don't appear before the court, speaking technically. And so what the plaintiffs do, because seeking default judgment is not available to them based on how the proceedings were commenced, they seek summary judgment. And essentially what you're doing if you're seeking summary judgment is you're saying to the court, hey court, look, this defendant is absent, potentially, in this case the defendant was absent, uh, there's no underlying defence to this claim, and so you should enter judgment in our favour, uh, even though in this case the defendant was absent. Now, what the court has to do to satisfy itself of that position is to work through the evidence and to form a view whether indeed there is no underlying defence to the relevant claim and whether indeed the court will agree to enter summary judgment. And so this is the position the liquidators had to get into. Now, you might remember I mentioned earlier that the claim was against these directors, three of them, two of them fell away, so it's just one remaining claim against one director for causing this company and the company was like a holding company for a bunch of subsidiaries, and the subsidiaries provided cloud-based support to self-managed super fund businesses, right? How they run their accounting software or something like that, I'm sure. And uh, what the liquidators said was, hey, look, this company was insolvent from 1 October 2019. No, I withdraw that, 1 October 2018, or earlier than that. And so... The costs, the uh, liabilities that were incurred after 1 October 2018 were themselves costs that were incurred while the company was insolvent. And so they constitute a breach of this director's duty. And so the liquidators should be able to get that money back that the director caused to be paid out while the company was insolvent. Liquidators come through with a list of these liabilities, right? They say to the court, right, we've got this list, totals about 3 million bucks of all these claims that we say the company incurred after 1 October 2018. And the court works through the list. Yes, that was after 1 October. No, that wasn't. Yes, that was. No, that wasn't, etc. 
and the court comes up with a figure based on that. And so the plaintiffs have done the first bit of their job. They've proved that these liabilities were incurred after 1 October 2018. Now, the next step they have to go through is they have to prove, hey, well, this thing was insolvent at the time, right? Because if the company wasn't insolvent, there's no breach. And so what the plaintiffs do is they rely on an expert report that is of, indeed, uh, particular assistance to the court. And what that expert report sets out is that based on a number of different tests for insolvency, uh, the company was indeed insolvent uh, at 1 October 2018 and perhaps from around July 2018. There are a number of tests used. Uh, What's called the liquidity ratio is below 1. Uh, There's not enough cash at the bank at the end of each of the months, the expert reviews, the relevant months, to pay the current liabilities at the time. Um, The sole income that the holding company generates is in fact research and development grants received from the ATO. There's no other income. And so based on these and a number of other metrics, the court is satisfied that uh, the, based on the opinion from the uh, chartered accountant expert that the thing is insolvent. In addition to that, there's also evidence of the directors themselves uh, on behalf of the company seeking to try to go through some refinancing and rejigging. Uh, there's also evidence of the loans made by the holding company to the various subsidiaries uh, being much lower than the loans owed by the holding company to the subsidiaries. So there's a net deficit on the part of the holding company. And the court essentially considers that overwhelmingly uh, there is evidence that the company was insolvent well before 1 October 2018. And uh, the court makes a specific comment that uh, this is not a finely balanced finding that is overwhelmingly uh, the case that uh, the company was insolvent at 1 October 2018 and perhaps earlier. And so what that means remember that we have all those payments that were made after 1 October 2018, is that those payments were made while the company was insolvent, which means that the liquidator, liquidators, can recover against the defendant for those costs. Now, there's one other point that the court raises. Um, In the absence of any evidence from the defendant director, remember the director who's in New Zealand who just decided, I'm not going to be a part of things, that there may have been defences that that director could have raised along the lines of they might have received some advice, there might have been some good reason why they weren't involved with the managerial decisions, they might have been doing something to try to get the company back on track, but there's no evidence about that, and so that doesn't overcome the position. And what that means is that the liquidators do indeed get their summary judgment against that New Zealand director who did not respond to the originating process. Just as a little footnote, uh, remember it was about $3 million worth of claims the liquidators were after. Um, Sadly, for the liquidators, um, that amount uh, in the final judgment ends up to being about $130,000. So um, there was a process the court went through there. You might remember we spoke about the tick, tick, cross based based on these things. The court did engage in that, and so it was a reduced amount in the final judgment. In any case, I hope that discussion assisted you, and I look forward to speaking again soon over another coffee and in respect of another case note. Cheers.